Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, unless, along with co-host Justin Tucker. Player rankings coming right up. We have the, our top 10 cornerbacks that we will be ranking. But as always, we're going to get to all the latest in the NFL. Uh, minicamp has started, and we have some key holdouts uh, going on. So we have cornerback Xavier How- Xavier Howard holding out for Miami. We have Stephon Gilmore holding out. We have safety Jamal Adams for, of Seattle. We have defensive end Chandler Jones holding out. And, of course, there's Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who has decided to hold out in the wake of all the tensions going on between himself and the franchise, uh, which, has gotten extru- which has gotten incredibly ugly. His, uh, the owner of the franchise just called him a, uh, a complicated fellow during an interview. So that was some interesting stuff. But yeah, Justin, you got any thoughts on any on uh, the holdouts going on right now? Well, after looking around, after seeing like the players holding out, I kind of expected a few. Like Stephon Gilmore, I thought, all right, he's in the final year of his contract. I expected him to hold out. I expected Chandler Jones to hold out after hearing about his situation. We already knew about Aaron Rodgers. The one that surprised me the most was Xavier Howard holding out. I understand that he was a candidate for defensive player of the year and had 10 interceptions. But at the same time, it's like in 2019, you just signed a deal for five years, $75 million. I understand it, but it's like you are aware of the contract going into the season and yet you still signed it either during or after. So it kind of like confuses me a bit. But hey, if he feels like he needs to get paid more money for what he's doing, all for it. I'm never against a, a player getting paid. So I kind of want to like look into that situation more and see how it unfolds. I think it'll end well. It's just an interesting situation to look at. That's something we can agree on is that Xavier Howard, he's holding out yet. He signed this contract two years ago. Like he's, he's essentially just changing his mind and saying, you know what? I want more money or I want to restructure my deal when you just, you just agreed to this deal earlier on I don't get is it just that he was the team is getting better so he just feels like he's gonna he's gonna want to um, leverage the team into saying well you guys you guys can't win without me you guys are getting this close to contention so I'm just gonna ask more money or something like that I kind of think this guy's a jackass he has a he he has a bit of a uh, he has a bit of a history with uh, domestic abuse and He's, just, he's not a good person off the field. He's holding out, and um, also Stephon Gilmore's better. And that is, your opinion. that is your opinion. You can't say that right now because Stephon Gilmore is coming off a torn, what is it, quad? I think he had surgery somewhere there. Yes, but he. Yeah. Um, I can't say he's better right now. You could make an no, argument. He's also holding out, but uh, anyways, I mean Stephon Gilmore's pretty squeaky. Squeaky clean off the field. Uh, Xavier Howard isn't. You can also understand what's going on with Stephon Gilmore, why he's holding out. I'm not trying to justify it. I'd want him to come back. I want him to be a part of this team. I think they're going to the team the the Patriots are going to need Stephon Gilmore. Um, but just for the fact that he's holding out, um, like you can understand it because this guy. So this guy signed this contract. When the team was when the New England Patriots were the the Patriots of old, okay, they were the team to beat 
in the NFL. They were championship contenders every year. His first two years on the team, they went to Super Bowls. And then they kind of fall off a little bit. So you can understand why he's looking at his contract and saying, well, I mean, I kind of just want, I kind of want to be paid more. I'm on the last year of my deal where uh, the team's not all that good anymore. So can I have some more money? You know, like you can, you can understand what, like, and this is the, Bill, uh, Bill Belichick isn't really in a position uh, where he was prior, where he could say, um, just shut up. We're going to win. And if you don't shut up, then I'll just trade you if you keep on bitching to me about money. That's mm-hmm. kind of the way Belichick operates, where if you if you were to so much as talk about getting paid more, it's a death sentence for Bill Belichick, unless your name is Tom Brady. Then he's going to leave and go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl. Damn it. Um, this man anyways, had a guy on Christmas, and the guy still wished him Merry Christmas, and Bill Belichick never said anything. This guy is ruthless when it comes to things like this. Bill Belichick as a GM is ruthless, and he doesn't. Uh, he's a, he's ruthless as a as a anything. Honestly, uh, I, I still can't believe you mentioned Malcolm GM. Butler. Um, we're getting we're getting off topic, but uh, Gilmore. That's a that's an understandable situation, and is an interesting one because usually with contract disputes in New England, they get solved like this because Belichick trades them like this. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting because. I don't think Bill has the leverage that he, he once had. He doesn't have Brady to back him up and say, well, we're going to win with or without you. You want to come with us for the ride and play a role, or do you want to get traded to Cleveland to the Cleveland Browns or the, the any other garbage on the bottom of the league? I mean, th- this was back when – this, this was back when Cleveland was horrible, when this was a thing. But you remember, you remember Jamie Collins asked for Von Miller money, and they traded – he, they immediately traded him to Cleveland. Yes, I remember that. That was amazing. It was kind of fun. It was pretty funny. And they won a Super Bowl after that. So that's kind of the way it worked. Is that mm-hmm. if you ask for extra money, he's just gonna. If if you cause any issues about your contract about wanting more money, he's going to trade you, and he'll make sure it's to a bad team. It, he was ruthless with that, and I don't think he can do that anymore because he has because he does doesn't have Tom Brady anymore. Quite, uh, quite possibly one of the, the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Well, um, what, I, what I will say about Stephon Gilmore's situation is like, all right, they did have cap, but I'm not sure what their cap situation is like right now because Bill Belichick just went on that spin, spending spree to at least make the team as good as it can be at this moment in time. They helped make, make the defense better, like shore it up, because it wasn't bad last year. It just wasn't as great as it was the years before. So they made some improvements on there. And offensively, they were a hot mess. So they had to get some new weapons for either Cam Newton. And then they had to draft their eventual quarterback or successor to Cam Newton and Mac Jones. So I, as far as the, situa- the cap situation with Stephon Gilmore, they may not have the money to give him at this moment in time. And as far as on-field production between Stephon Gilmore and Xavier Howard, it's not that far off. You can talk about off-field issues, this, that, and the third, and I'm not here to like praise Xavier Howard off the, off the field, but on the field, he's been pretty reliable. I mean, this guy was just a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year along with T.J. Watt, so it's not like he was bad. It's not like he wasn't an all-pro. He was. It's. I think he's just in the situation where he's trying to leverage to either get more money for his contract or 
just try to renegotiate it to get more guarantees in it. That's all. Oh, I'm not. De- I'm not. Of course, I'm not denying that he that he he didn't ball out. He was one of the. He was arguably the best corner in the league last last season. Honestly, you could you could make a case he was the best corner in the league last season. Um, mm-hmm. The only the only issue I I mean the only issue I have with him is is the issue you have is that he he signed this contract two years ago. It was it was very recent, and um, the team the team's winning now. So like he, for him to automatically just change his mind, it's not like things have really changed much since he signed that contract. I know the team's gotten better, so maybe he's trying to. So my thought is maybe he's trying to leverage the team into saying, uh, "You guys need me in order to g- get over the hump." So, and the whole team is together, so pay me more. It, it could be something like that, but um, it overall, like it, I, I don't think it makes much sense that he's that he is holding out. Yeah, I, I think I agree right now. Combined with his contract and Byron Jones' contract, it, they're like the highest paid like the uh, cornerback duo in the league. They're, they have to be like top three or top five. Just looking at those two contracts as a whole. Do you know who's right. another player who's kind of in a sin- similar situation to Xavier Howard? What that is be? Jamal Adams. No. Except no. it's it's some it's a similar situation. Because Xavier Howard has been playing better than Jamal Adams, Mr. Blitzboy Jam- himself. Jamal Adams has sucked this year. However, he's he's using he's use they gave up two first round picks, so we have he's using leverage that he has over the team in mm-hmm. order to get paid more money. The only difference is one player balled out, the other was absolute trash. Now I Jamal Adams is a little better trash. off the field than Xavier Howard, but I mean, not by much. He also tackled the. He almost. He also sent the Patriots mascot to the hospital a couple of years good ago. Job. That was good, a, that was good, a good job. Getting good job. Getting what good a douchebag. What an asshole. He saw him and laid him out. He saw. He saw an op and laid him out. That's all he had to do. Sent him to the hospital. He had to get hospitalized. Great job, Jamal Adams. And Where's even said he, he even said, "Oh, do I regret it? Oh no." Oh no, I don't. I don't regret it. Oh, shut up, Jamal. He came, Talk to he me when you're talk. not contributing to one of the worst secondaries in the entire league last year. Talk mm-hmm. to me when you're you're one of the best safeties in the league, and you can't even you can't even saw the the Seahawks secondary, the Seahawks who are always who always have a good defense mm-hmm. from being one of the worst secondaries in the league. He was a liability in coverage. What a what a douchebag! I he's a he's such a jackass. I can't stand him. Oh, you got you gotta let it go. You gotta let go of that. You gotta let it go, man. I, I he's no longer a jet. He's no longer a jet. He's a Seahawk. You you gotta let it go of that hatred. Nah, I I can't. He, I I hold grudges. This guy, this man. Because he got drafted by the Jets. Because he tackled the Patriots mascot. All right. And he's complaining about his contract when he's one of the worst safe when he was one of the worst safeties in the league last year. I will agree. He did not play up to snuff. And I will agree that that defense last year was not as good as it has been in previous years. However, he has the right to hold out and he has the right to ask for new money. He's been wanting it before, <clears throat> before he's been, you know, before he got to Seattle. He's been wanting a new contract. 
and the Seattle Seahawks traded for him with the intention of possibly giving him a new contract. Now, did he play up to his potential? No. I believe that has something to do with injuries and the new defense he was playing when we decided to blitz him all the time, which is why I call him Blitz Boy. They decided to blitz him all the time instead of putting him in coverage some of the for like half the time. And I believe over time it got better, but those first like that first half of the season was ridiculous. I remember that game against Buffalo. They got torn to shreds because of the uh, because of that play calling. But again, I I believe he'll have a bounce back season, but they're going to have to address the contract. Like there's no in between about this. They gave up two first round picks for him. They're going to have to pay him. Otherwise it was a moot point. No, I, I cannot I understand why he has leverage. He definitely has leverage. I just think he's a kind of a douchebag for doing that. What, Don't you what think? Do you want to do? What do you he's want one of the, to do? He's one of the war he had a horrible season last year. And he's turning around and leveraging and leveraging the amount they, that they gave up for him to get, to get more money. You don't turn around and how it just shows how sackless this guy is that he that he that he had a horrible season and he decides and he decides let's go and let's go out and get some more money rather than trying to improve his game. You th- do you does he really think he deserves that much money? Do you th- really think he deserves more money? I don't think so. I think he does. I think he believes he deserves that amount of money. That's why he's sitting out in the first place. Second I agree. Off, he thinks that. I'm is not he sure. justified in thinking that? If he's a top 10 safety like you and I believe he is, then yes, I believe he it, he might be deserving of that money. He didn't show it last year, I will admit, but he was under a new system, under new playing call, and was injured. So it's not like he wasn't giving his full like effort because he was dealing with nagging injuries. I will say this, though. I believe he will have a bounce back season, which you and I both predict and make sure he is worth the money they might be willing to pay him. But again, they had to either pay him or get rid of him to try to get back some of the assets they had to give up to get him. Otherwise, like he's going to sit out in the end of it. He has enough money to where he can sit out and wait till next season to go to another team, because I think he's in the final year of his rookie contract. (coughs) So it's like either pay him or let him walk. It's like one of those things or trade him. I think at the end of the day, they will pay They will pay him because they have nothing else to look forward to in that secondary. <coughs> and they have no first round pick for next year. So, yeah, I think they will have to pay him. Well, yeah, they certainly they're they're going to end up doing it because they have he has leverage over them. And mm-hmm. I mean, you and I absolutely we think he's going to be better. My issue is, um, if you're met, like my standard for players and their uh, their mindset is, if you have a bad season, you don't think you should not be thinking you deserve more money, regardless of your past before. If your most recent season was this bad, then you should be working at trying to get better. And then after a career year, I can understand trying to set trying to say. Look, I had a great year. I'm going to continue to be this good. Give me more money, please. That's but instead, what he's saying is, I had a horrible year, but you know I'm the best, so give me money. It just doesn't – it, it doesn't it work just, like that. It doesn't work like that. If I 
if I work under my contract where I'm getting paid and like the amount of money I believe I deserve more than what I'm getting, of course I'm going to set out because I believe I should get paid more. It's not about what I'm doing now, it's what I'm going to do for you in the future. That's what you're paying for. Like say someone in their 30s, you're not trying to give them a long-term deal with that amount of money because you don't they'll live up to the contract. Jamal Adams is saying, you gave me you gave up this amount this amount of cap for me in the first place. I am worth this. So give it to me because I will prove it in the long run. I believe he does work at his craft. I believe he's a hardworking player. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the NFL. So I believe he will over time be deserving of the money because he's shown it in previous past, in like past seasons where he, when he's healthy, he can actually play. I just believe he wasn't he wasn't healthy and they used him the wrong way. That's all it is. I think he's fine in coverage. I think he's fine as a blitzer, but that's not his primary thing. I just think over time, they will give him the money and he will show you why he's worth the money. I think he's trying to be the highest paid safety. Now, will he? That's to be determined. But you're not paying for what he did in the past. If you're paying somebody of somebody what they did in the previous year and then they come back and say, you know what? I had a bad year. Let me work towards and let me get show them why I'm worth the amount of money I'm trying to get, and then they get injured and they have no guaranteed money. That's the worst thing for an NFL player. That that scares most players into like not coming to training camp in the first place. Because if I get injured during training camp, the team might not want me later on and I won't have any money and I'll have to sign a lower contract than what I'm actually worth. Right. So he still he still has to he has he still has to earn what he's given. If he hasn't earned it yet in Seattle Maybe it worked in in New York, but it hasn't worked in Seattle yet. So he needs to prove that he can actually play up to up to their standards in order for them to pay the money. They already gave up two first round picks for him. So now he actually has to perform. And then we say, okay, you you showed us that you can do it. Now we'll give you the money. But it it just it's just not a good it's not a good it doesn't it, it's not a good look for him. When he has a down year and then he de- he demands more money, it just that's just not a good look for him. And it doesn't it shouldn't look good to any of the coaches who are who are thinking and the front office who are thinking about keeping him for any for long term. I agree. I think I can agree where, where you're coming from. It may not be the best look, but at the same time, this was a situation that was going to get addressed this like this season sooner or later because of the circumstances of him getting there. You don't give up that amount of cap if you're not willing to sign him long-term. Otherwise, it's just a waste in hindsight. Now, did he have the, he he had a bad season. By his standards, and for what he plays up to, he had a bad season by his standards. But he was still arguably, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Seattle's best pass rusher, if you actually look at the stats and how they used him. He had nine and a half sacks as a safety. You don't see that often. So at the same time, you could pay him and be like, all right, we can use him like this and we can use him as a linebacker. He's also valuable in certain other situations. We could see long-term success for him in multiple positions. That's the way I would approach the Jamal Adams situation. I would pay him like heavy in the front end and give him little to no guarantees in the back end to see what he's worth. And if he accepts, he accepts. If not, I'll try and trade him to see how much I can get back for him because he's an all pro caliber talent. I think he was just misused and injured during his time in Seattle. That's all it is. 
Right. Um, so a couple more mentions of holdouts. Chandler Jones, defensive end Chandler Jones, quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, so those are two players who have been um, – so they're in completely different situations. Uh, the Chandler Jones one is an interesting one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just a complete bleep show. Um, mm-hmm. Mark, Mur- uh, Mark Murphy there, uh, the president of the team, uh, was it the, the president or the owner? I believe it's the owner, correct? He's he's in the owner position, but I think he's the president of the Packers because they don't have like the true owner because the he's owner the president is the, of football operations. Yeah, which is technically the one that runs the Packers. Like he's like the Jerry Jones of the Packers, basically. That's how I would interpret it. Yeah, and he know. called him a complicated fellow. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting, isn't it? How uh, in the light of all, you know, you would think he'd be they'd be kissing his ass right now, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers. But it turns out they're doing the complete opposite. They're being like, this guy's kind of complicated. I mean, he's just doing – I mean, I might agree a little bit, but if you're trying to keep him here, one of the one of the league's premier quarterbacks for the past 10 years, if you're trying to mm-hmm. keep him around, you don't open your mouth and say things like that. I agree. You're, you're, he's – I mean – you keep going the way he's going. I think you mentioned this a little bit off camera, Justin. If he leaves, if if he ends up, or if if this keeps on going the way way it is, there's a real possibility he could he may not even play this season, and then they might might be me forced to trade him after the 2021 season, mm-hmm. and they'll be stuck with J- Jordan Love for this season. I mean, yeah. he's been he's been playing well in minicamp. Jordan Love has had a solid camp so far, but. If you're looking at trying to um, contend for championships, you might need Aaron Rodgers. You might. Yeah. But if, I, imagine, imagine if they imagine if they win a Super Bowl without him. That, then they that, really I mean, don't need him. I mean, I look at it like the Washington Nationals winning the World Series without Bryce Bryce Harper, who went to the Phillies in it. So it's like that. Uh, I'll tell you what, though, uh, if if Aaron Rodgers sits out this season and Jordan Love takes them to win a Super Bowl, Aaron Rodgers is out of the greatest of all time debate. 100%. You take him – he as if he wasn't out before, this takes him 100% out. He's done. First the off, same – the, virtually the same roster. He, Jordan Love, this new kid, comes along and he, and he takes him straight to – past Brady, by the way. That's, what, that's how it would work. Past yeah, Brady, past Mahomes, and to go march him down and win a Super Bowl, you're out. You're out of the guilt conversation, Aaron Rodgers, okay. Mister Rodgers, Mister MVP, okay. Mister Jeopardy host. Go and host Jeopardy if you do that. God, stop it. I mean, I'm getting in, I'm getting him in trouble. I'm making all these. I'm making up these fake scenarios that haven't happened yet. But if it yeah. happens, that's two things. Number one, Jordan Love would no. That's just a no. If Aaron Rodgers in, is in Green Bay, he is the starting quarterback, I believe. Hopefully, unless he sits out. Yeah, if that, that's a huge if. I hopefully he doesn't, but if he does sit out, Jordan Love will have to take over. I, at best, the best you can hope for is that he plays to the, he gets them to the playoffs. I don't think he'll play past like the divisional round. I don't think so because I don't think the line is as good as it was last year, and I don't think the talent is. As what is what it was last year, I believe they're having a lot of glaring holes that nobody's really talking about. 
especially on defense. But number that's number one. Number two, this needs to be addressed. I remember I heard Jordan, Jordan Love compare himself to Patrick Mahomes. Stop that. You need to stop that. You are not there, young man. You I will say he has a similar play style. Very similar play style. That doesn't mean he's that does not mean he's on his level. Well, yeah, Aaron Rodgers and Tony Romo have similar play styles. That doesn't mean one's at, on the same level as the other. Mm-hmm. I I heard I heard I saw the comment. I was like, yeah, no, he's not. He's not like uh, number th- three. Kid has confidence. Which you would like in a quarterback. I'm glad he has confidence after the beating he took last year from a mental aspect, considering he got drafted by the Packers and his quarterback was the MVP of the league. So I'm glad he has the confidence to me. Like, yeah, I'm like that. And, and he course, wasn't even the backup this season. It was that other kid, that Boyle kid. Yeah. I don't think he was ready to play, though. I think he's more of a project than like a successor right now. I think he'll eventually become the successor, but I think he's more like a project. Which is why they took him and was like waiting to like three or four years until Pat uh, until Aaron Rodgers' contract came up. And number three, let's not talk about the hypotheticals of if he wins a Super Bowl. He's not he's not there yet. If he's, it does, it, it would be legendary, wasn't it? It'd, it'd be it? amazing in Title Town. It, it'd be it'd be amazing if he gets past Brady and then gets past. Whoever wins the AFC, whether it be the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Bills, even the Colts. It'd be a big if, though, wouldn't it? Mahomes, yeah. Allen, Lamar, Even Carson with the Colts. Yeah, possibly. I don't I don't know if they're going anywhere past the, the final four. That team, that Colts team seems more like uh, they're going to make the AFC championship and then get bounced after that. I agree. But to wrap this little topic up in a bow... I, be- I believe this, like the comments made by the president of football operations, Mark Murphy, doesn't help the situation. And if you've seen Aaron Rodgers previously with his conversation with golfing with Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson and another person whose name eludes me, he wore a T-shirt that says, I'm offended. I wonder why he wore that T-shirt. It's a very specific T-shirt, if I do say so myself. And. So, all in all, I do think the situation will get much worse before it gets better. Hopefully, he does play for the Packers one more time and they can win the Super Bowl, but it doesn't seem likely at this point in time. I think they're too so, far apart. So, do you agree that Aaron Rodgers is most likely done in uh, Green Bay at some point? Yeah, at some point do in you time. Th- do you no. think he's not going to he's not going to retire a Packer? He might, he might retire a Packer. He just won't play his final game with them. You so you think that things could actually, things could actually like later on in his career he could sign like a one day contract type thing. Yeah, yeah, he'll sign a one day contract, retire Packer because he's more remembered as a Packer than he was like for another team. Now if he wins a Super Bowl with another team, then yeah, that debate might be opened up a bit. But another one with Denver. If he wins one with Denver or another team like. The Saints, that that would be interesting. I'd love to see him as a 49er, I've got to say. he's. I, I, I've been saying it for a little while, but I just think he'd look so good. And his play style would look so reminiscent of a Montana or a Steve Young. It would just, it would just 
looks so right to see him in in 49ers gear. It won't happen. They have Trey Lance now. It won't happen. It, it won't because they did that. Um, all right. So uh, without further ado, we're, got, we're about to go into our uh, top tens. For this seat, for this week, uh, for this week's count, for this week's countdown, we have the top. We're gonna count down the top ten cornerbacks going into the league. We're gonna go just how how we usually do it. Start off in the first section, going ten through six. So the t- the uh, ten through six top corner, ten through t- six ranked top cornerbacks in the entire league. Uh, stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. All right. Without further ado, let's get started. All right. So ranking our top 10 cornerbacks. This is actually a position that a lot of people love to rank. Uh, a, real, a really popular position from defense. Everybody loves watching this position on defense. Very, It's very uh, important for teams that have great secondaries, and it starts with the cornerbacks. Uh, mm-hmm. So, Justin, give me your number 10 cornerback in the entire National Football League. Well, before I get started, I would like to point out, we don't know who we have on our top 10. So this will be a, a very interesting top 10, depending on who we have in certain places. I know that's who right. We had oh, whoops. Oh, my mic. Um, <laughs> that's right. We've been for our script. We've been typing in our top 10 on the same script. So we kind of have known in the past couple of weeks at each position who we had for which uh, position, but we've kind of hid our list from each other now so that it'll come out as a surprise. So it might spark some more debate. I'm trying to get this. Justin's a tough cookie to crack. I'm not sure if that's the right – I use that expression correctly. But Justin, it's very hard to get this kid riled up. And I try to get some debates going, but he's always just so calm, so tame – and it never works. So let's see if this works. Let, let's see if we can get this kid riled up. All right. Let's see what. All right. My number. My number ten guy is Marcus Peters. Don't even. That's don't my even, guy too. <laughs> I, have, my I have Marcus Peters. Yeah. Now is he a top five? No, he's not top five. But he is top ten. I believe he, at best, he can go all the way up to six because. What you believe in him is his ability to cover and be able to make plays as far as forced fumbles and interceptions. Since 2015, he has had 31 interceptions, which, again, leads the league, and no one's very close to him, except Xavier Howard with his 10 interceptions in one season. That I think he's caught up to him pretty closely, but I believe he's still number one. The guy is always around the ball. He has a knack for getting to the ball. He has a knack for turning the ball over and making plays from turning defense and offense. I believe that's a valuable skill set to have. And yeah, I'm very happy that he's on the Baltimore Ravens. See now Marcus Peters is one of those players where you can look at him and say uh, throughout his career and say, he's kind of been all over the place. Like he'll be one of the league's top, one of the league's premier corners, like or like close to top five, or he'll be close to like 10th. So it's kind of been all the, like all over the place. He could he could wind up anywhere on this list by the end of this season. Uh, the reason why I don't I only have him at ten is because, or the reason why I have him at ten, have him at ten is because I think we can rely on the fact we can we can say with confidence that this guy will be around somewhere in this uh, top ten by the end of the year. He will be 
uh, up there with the league's best cornerbacks. So he's he's a guy who I can say with confidence will be our number 10 corner uh, in the National Football League. Yeah, the only uh, thing that kills me about Marcus is that he'll gamble and sometimes he'll get burnt by it because he's always trying to make the big play and he'll give up a touchdown. But it's more often than not, he'll make the big play so I can live with it. But it's just something that stings me from time to time. Absolutely. Justin, right. give me your number nine corner in the league. My number nine guy is Marshawn Lattimore. Wow. Yeah, he's number nine for me. I don't think he's played as good as he did in his rookie year, but he hasn't but he hasn't like fallen off completely. I just think there are a lot of cornerbacks playing better than him and it's a it's very competitive at that position. But he's been very solid for a very for a long time in New Orleans, and I believe he'll continue to be that way until, you know, he, he retires because he has good technique, he has good development, can play man and off. He can do whatever you need him to do in the Saints system, and he's a very reliable cover one man corner. So I believe he'll be very good for the Saints for as long as they're competitive. You know, he's been declining like in ju- virtually every season since his rookie year. He hasn't been good as his rookie year, but you got to remember his rookie season was amazing. His it was amazing, season. but he's, I mean, I, I would, ex- if he's, I actually don't, I don't even have him in my top 10. My number not, my number nine is JC Jackson. Oh boy. Oh, okay. Let's, let's, let's hear this. I, I knew he, he's not on my top 10, but I, I knew you were going to put him and Stefan Gilmore on. So let's so hear we, So th- we can call this even now. We both have players who are not in each other's top 10s. So um, the reason for this is J.C. Jackson has always been so from the start of his of his season or of his uh, career he's all he has he's came out as a undrafted free agent for the 2018 season he had a promising rookie year he had mm-hmm. his, he dropped off just a little bit in the 2019 season but then the 2020 season he really started to hit his stride. He's a very physical corner. He can cover very well. Sometimes he'll fall. Sometimes he'll uh, lose. Sometimes he'll lose his guy and he'll get burned every now and then. But he gets a lot of interceptions. This is a guy who um, actually challenged Stephon Gilmore for a lot. Uh, they're not New England's number one corner. So that he's JC's kind of their number two. He challenged Stephon Gilmore a little bit to become their number one. He was a great corner this year. Um, and I expect his development to continue. This guy is a very promising young man. Uh, he was an undrafted free agent, so that means he's he never had he had he's had to work for everything. Meaning, I think this this is a guy who just who has a chip on his shoulder and he has something to prove. I believe he's up and coming, but I don't think he's a top ten cornerback yet. Not over Marshawn. I I value Marshawn more than I value J.C. Jackson because opposite of Marshawn, who do you have? I mean, Marshawn. it's not being Marshawn Lattimore. Don't they have they have Eli Apple? They have Janoris Jenkins. They're not as good. No, no, as, not, Jan- uh, not Janoris. They have Malcolm Jenkins. He's a safety, and no, I can't. No, if you have Stephon Gilmore on the other side of you, of course you're going to have opportunities to make plays because you have another guy there that can shut down effectively, shut down a number one, so you can worry about being the number two and having more opportunities to get interceptions. And I will give him credit. He did make plays while he did have those opportunities. But, yeah, no. he's he's like 13 to me, but he's 
he he'll be in my top ten sooner or later. But nah, he ain't he ain't nine. He no, he ain't better than Marshawn Lattimore. He certainly is. He is absolutely nine. All right. We'll, give we'll me talk. all right now. Give number, me your number eight. My number eight guy was Xavier Rhodes. Xavier Rhodes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. He didn't make your top ten, did he? Nope. This should, this actually might be a good one. Xavier, Xavier Rhodes made my top ten because even though he had a bad year in Minneapolis, his final year there, I believe he had a bounce back year this year. I believe he played better than his final year in Minnesota, and I believe he helped that defense much more than it would have without him. I believe he upgraded the defense to where it was actually one of its stronger parts of the team. It made the offense look better when they had more opportunities. And if you watch this game against the Jets, he was really like that. Now, I understand it's against the Jets, but when you throw to Xavier Rhodes, the roads are closed with him. So you got to be careful of who you're thro- of when you're throwing it to him because he could take it and go all the way with it. And without him, I believe they were out against the Bills. I'm not sure if he played, but if I believe if he played, he would have made it that much harder for Stephon Diggs or Cole Beasley to be as good as they were in those games. Well, yeah, he he was he was a better player than he was last year, or mm-hmm. than he was the year before. He and he he was a key part of that defense. I just don't think he's better than Marcus Peters, who he, you and I both had at number ten. Meaning he's I don't I don't have him in my top ten. He's just outside it. However, right. what I had at number eight is James Bradbury. That's interesting. He's he's my number seven. So James Bradbury is a guy who has always been who was always in Carolina just a solid corner. He was he was never elite, but he was solid. He was a serviceable guy. He was there. He was well known for some weird reason, but he was a solid, decent corner. Then he goes to New York and he starts to ball out. And he actually play he actually plays up to the hype that he gets for that he that he actually got in uh North and uh Carolina for in Charlotte for some weird reason. Um he he was a top corner and he was a big reason why that Giants defense was so was so great uh, this season. Him along with Lo, uh, Logan Ryan as the number two. That was a great secondary, great pairing. And James Bradbury, I think he's going to build on this. This guy is going to be uh, the the sky's the limit for this kid. I really think this kid is going to continue to play well in this Giants system. It's funny you should mention James Bradbury because he was my number seven. I believe the steps he took this year were ginormous. I believe he was a Pro Bowler. Yeah, he deserved to be a Pro Bowler this year. It's a good transition into our number seven, right? Yeah, he's my number seven. I Since you said James Bradbury is your number eight, and I just went straight to him being my number seven because, yeah. But all in all, he's a he was phenomenal for the Giants defense. He led the league, and I believe pass breakups. Just whenever the, he was around the ball, he always managed to bat the ball away to force an interception, or he got an interception himself, or made an incomplete pass. Like it was very tough to get a completion on on him, and he just made that defense play better. I believe he became a leader on that defense. I believe he taught some of the players how to play better and helped Jabril Peppers become a better player. I just believe he was a key part in how that defense functioned and how it overachieved compared to over the last few years. I believe if they make the playoffs this year, he will that defense will be a main reason and he will be a part of that reason. 
So, yeah, James Bradbury had moved up for me, and he's my number seven guy. That's a very well-rounded Giants team, and a team that a team that ha- now has pieces on offense and mm-hmm. ha- and built up a very solid defense uh, on the defensive side of the ball as well. It, it's incredible the way that team is built now. Um, if they don't no, wind up being in there, <clears throat> what's that? No excuses for Danny Dimes. No, no excuses. No excuses. It's all Danny Dimes now. Mm-hmm. Danny Dimes, the uh, Daniel Jones, the quarterback out of Duke. The guy who they took, what was it, number five overall? Six. Six. That's still that's still extremely high. Now he mm-hmm. has to live up to that hype. He has the guys. He has the defense. He has the offensive line. It could be better, but he has it still. Yeah. Um, and he may not need, need that much time to throw with the amount of weapons he has now, uh, especially since they took a wide receiver in the first round. Um, but anyways, um, James Bradbury is a huge reason why that defense was incredible. However, we're talking about our number seven guys. He's my number eight. Mm -hmm. Um, But my number seven is Denzel Ward. That's where we disagree. And I love – and so the Cleveland Browns defense, especially their secondary over the years, has always been thought of as just horrendous, just not very good. Um, It's always – Every any fantasy football owner who has a wide receiver or a tight end going against them, they're saying, "Well, it's the Cleveland Browns defense. Let's just start. Let's start uh, Julio Jones against them. Let's start Amari Cooper against them." It's, um, but I think we forget. I think we forget that Denzel Ward exists, and. He's actually one of the be- one of the he's actually so often overlooked because he's in the Browns secondary, but he's been one of the best corners in the league. He first burst onto the scene um, after the what was it the 2018 season? It was the same it was the same draft that uh, <clears throat> that Baker Mayfield has taken, I believe, and they took Denzel Ward, and Denzel Ward did not he did not disappoint in his first year. He was lethal and he can he's continued to be under the radar this entire his entire career um and i can think he's going to continue to do that in in fact he might he might climb up this list by the time this season is done um especially with the way the rest of this defense looks um this is the best the defense the cleveland browns defense has looked in a long time I think they're going to I think Denzel Ward it's it's going to turn into a trickle down effect and he's going to he is going to uh benefit from that. I think he's going to be a great corner this year. Yeah, I be- yeah, as much as I, it pains me to say I believe he's a gr- I believe he's a good corner. The only problem with him is health. If he can stay healthy, yes, he is a top 10 corner, but I look at health and he wasn't always healthy, so I took him out of my top 10 and it's kind of hard for me to put a Cleveland Browns player in my top 10, even though he may be deserving after the season coming up. But the fact that he can't stay on the field most of the time makes me cautious as to whether or not he is a top 10. Because the best ability is availability, and if he's never available, then what's the point? Because he wasn't available for their playoff game against the the Steelers, and they still won without him. So it was like, all right. That was more of an offensive game, though. Yeah, but they were up twenty-one nothing after the first quarter. Well, you don't need Denzel Ward at that point, right? They had like more of a, 
That game was more off of uh, the Steelers losing it than the the Browns winning it. I mean, when your quarterback, who has won them two Super Bowls and is always keeping them in contention, is always putting up great offensive numbers, is turning the ball over five times by way of the interception, then that's an issue. That's a huge issue, especially when you're doing that in the postseason. And uh, I I believe they turned the ball over a total of six, seven times. It was unbelievable. I still I still can't believe how badly they screwed that game up. You cut those you cut those turnovers in half, and the Steelers win. And it was just that much of a choke job. I still can't believe that. But anyways, uh, we're getting a little we're getting off topic. Yeah. Um, give me your what's that? What is, we're at number. We're at number six. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is where he comes in. Uh, based off injuries, I put him here, but I don't think he'll stay here because hopefully he'll get better. Like okay. over time. Number six is Stephon Gilmore. Yes, he's number six. That's how tough the the cornerback the cornerback position is. If you have a bad year due to injuries, you will fall fall down quite a bit. He used to be number one. He's now at number six. So we're we're going into the 2021 season. You don't think he's going to bounce back? He could bounce back, but at the same time, he's recovering from an injury. So he's going to have to prove that he can still be the same old guy coming off the injury. And he may not even be the number one corner anymore. By your depiction, it might be J.C. Jackson. So we don't even know. And you were all for trading him if that meant we could get you guys could get Julio Jones. Well, yeah, because it's Julio Jones. You trade for Julio That's Jones. That's Stephon Gilmore, Defensive Player of the Year team. Well, he could get better, and that would be great. That would be a great pickup for the Falcons, who need defense. They need to be more well-rounded of a team. But, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, if you're going to take a shot at my corner, I got – look, just just wait till who, you hear who I got at number six, it, Mr. Marlon Humphrey himself. What's that? Number six. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Tomo, I know I did not hear that. Please tell me that was out of spite. Please tell me you're joking. Please, please tell me. Number six is Marlon Humphrey. Okay. Here's, what are you smoking? He, he, he is not six. He is at minimum four in top three. He's top four to top three. And there's, top there's no. Marlon Humphrey is top three. Yes. Oh, oh my God! No, Let, let's hear this. I want to hear this. Go. He, so Marlon Humphrey is the number one corner in, uh, in Baltimore. Um, yes, he is. And he's a great corner who has who's shown out throughout his career. However, um, I don't have him ahead of any of the top five guys who I have going into this season. Just because he's just not quite as good as them, it, it's ju- it's just that simple. You you believe Xavier Howard is better than my guy? Absolutely. And, Xavier no. Howard is one of, was one no. of the top two best corners last season. I don't. What are? And there's no, no reason no, for him to not no. continue that. No, 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 no. He's not better than my guy. My guy is asked to do more. Da- He's asked to do more in the defense he runs. He's at, he's asked to blitz and he's asked to play slot and outside. No, 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 no. My guy's better than Xavier Howard. He's 
there's only two people I will allow you to say he he might be worse than, and that we'll get to that later. We'll get we'll get to that later. <sighs> Marlon Humphrey's number six. Sorry, just because versatility doesn't automatically mean he's doesn't automatically mean he's uh, he's a better player. We will discuss this when he get when we when I talk about him because he is in my top five. We'll get there. All right. Uh, now we're gonna move on to the best corners in the league. The top five. The final countdown of our top 10 cornerbacks. Stay tuned. This is the best of the best. Things are getting heated. We're finally starting to rile this kid up. Stay tuned. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. Actually, number six. All right. It's time for our top five. We have the top five cornerbacks in the entire National Football League. This is the best. These are the best cornerbacks in the league, the best defensive backs in the league. Let us know if we have it wrong. But without further ado, Justin, give us your number five corner in the league. I don't even have to. We don't even have to wait for the audience to talk. You have it wrong. I have it right. But we'll we'll get to that. We'll we'll get to that. Number five for me is Tre'Davious White, cornerback out of Buffalo. I've he is a key piece of that defense. He takes the number one guy and he basically puts himself on an island to big, and he performs well on that island. He always, he's always going up against the best, and he always does well. Now that he has a true number one on his team like uh, Stefan Diggs to go against in practice, it makes him that much better as a corner. And over the past few years, he's just been getting better and better. I believe in 2019, he didn't give up a touchdown that entire year. 2020, he uh, regressed a little bit, but still had a phenomenal season. And I believe he'll have another great season with this team to help to be a key reason why they'll go far in the playoffs. I believe with him, they are a great defense. Without him, they're an okay defense. I believe he's that valuable to that team. And I believe he'll be there for a while. That's my number five guy, too. Tredavious White, one of the five best cornerbacks in the league. He's been a key piece to that to that Bills defense, a big reason why they're such a well-rounded team, why they finished 13-3 and last year. He's, the, he's reliable, and he's a guy who, can always, who they can always count on. And throughout, ever since he came into the league, it's just been he's always shutting guys down he has that swagger to him, and he's going to continue that this season. And he's going to have to if the Bills are going to keep up what they're doing, what they've been doing in the past few years. I love Tredavious White in 2021. Yeah, I agree. And I think he's been overlooked a little bit too because that that Bills offense is getting great, and they're starting. people are starting to forget about Tredavious White, the mm-hmm. uh, impact that he really brings to that entire Bills team. All right? That offense might be great, but if you give up, if you score a million points but give up a million points, then it's you're going to you're going to lose a few games. You're not going to go 13 and 3. Well, it's a 17 game season, so maybe they go 13 and 4. But I know I hate I hate the it's just uncomfortable. We're, it's going to take a couple of years to get get used to this anyways. But uh Tredavious White is my number 5 guy and I say it with confidence. Yeah. But give me your number 4. My number four guy is Xavier Howard. That's where he comes in at. Not a bad spot, but again, I value these corners higher than him. That's all there is to it. 
It's just a preference over where you rank Marlon Humphrey. You rank him at six. I got him higher. Xavier Howard is a good number one corner. I believe he makes a, a great tandem with him and Byron Jones in Miami. And I believe he is part of the reason why Miami has been so successful, mainly on defense. Their cover zero package is amazing, especially for what they did against Kansas City. That man threw three interceptions against the Dolphins, and he happened to be one of the reasons why with that phenomenal one-handed interception against when he was covering Tyree Kill. That man just went up and snagged that out of the sky. Much respect. He came off the season where he was a prime candidate for defensive player of the year. Had an argument as to why he should have won it, concerning he had 10 interceptions. And the last person to do that was Antonio Cromarty in 2007. So, respect. It's not the easiest thing to come up with 10 interceptions. But at the same time, he didn't make the playoffs. They got bounced. And in the key game, they gave up 56 points to the Bills. So, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not going to lie. Tua Tagovailoa may have had a part to deal with that because he did throw two interceptions. But are you gonna have are you gonna have Marlon Humphrey at like number two? Don't answer that. No, I'm not gonna answer that. I don't. He might be, but I don't think he's. I'm not sure right now. I think he's. Yeah, he he's top three. Yes. All right. My number four is Jalen Ramsey. Oh boy. Oh jeez. <laughs> Jalen Ramsey is huge. He's physical. And that guy gets inside your head. And now I think uh, Jalen Ramsey is a grade A A hole, but um, it works. He now he's literally told he's literally he's literally he's said some horrible things uh, on the field. He there was a point where he used to back in college, he used to DM uh, wide receivers. significant others before games in order to get in the inside their heads you know that's just that's just so personal that's just so horrible and i actually you know i actually thought of giving him the benefit of the doubt and putting him in the top three but just because of how horrible he is as as a human being i think he once said, said something about uh golden tate's sister that got them into a huge fight just what an what an a-hole that he is, but nonetheless, an unbelievable cornerback, one of the premier cornerbacks in the league, and he proved that this past season, and he's probably going to continue to do that, and he he just has a way he has a way with words, and he's a big physical corner. He can shut guys down easily, um, and he's going to continue to do that. Yeah, I'm I'm just going to break the news. There are not. Three cornerbacks better than Jalen Ramsey. I can't. That no. That's no. I can't. Yeah, I know we are disagreeing about Marlon Humphrey, but nah, fool. He, there's not three corner cornerbacks better than Jalen Ramsey. He so, is top three minimum. So, you wait. Do you have Jalen Ramsey in your top ten? Yeah, Jalen Ramsey's in my top ten. All right. So give me your number three. My number three is Jair Alexander. He okay. is a true number one, I believe. At first, I thought, nah, I might have some questions about him. But no, he is flat out the number one guy. And he confirmed it for me when he locked down Calvin Ridley and won me fantasy against Brian. Suck it, Brian. I know that you're still fuming over that one. When Calvin Brian, Ridley- who has kicked off of our show. 
Who's out tonight, by the way? Have we explained that joke yet to like our audience? It, if you know, you know. That's the way I always assumed it. I, I guess I'll explain it because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are confused. But anyways, we've said Brian is out tonight a lot, and I'm sure it's confusing. But um, we used to have a co-host named Brian on our show. Mm-hmm. And um, when he was on our show, he basically showed up to only half of them, into <laughs> which me as the main host had to say, Brian is out tonight more than I could count. In fact, I think there was there was a time where he was actually here and I accidentally said, Brian is out tonight. Mm-hmm. And after we decide after he decided to leave the show, um, as a, a couple of times, we just we kind of just said it as a joke. But anyways, yeah. Um, we also, he's also in our fantasy football league. Um, and he doesn't like Jair Alexander because he, he, uh, Brian had Calvin Ridley on his team. And I guess, Justin, you can tell the rest of the story. He had Calvin Ridley on his team and he was going up against Jair Alexander that week. And Jair Alexander helped this man to zero yards, no completions, no receptions, no touchdowns, no yards, no nothing. That man was on that man was on an island. That man couldn't get a kickback break to save his life. He was on 24-7 lockup. That man was on an island, had no recept. He couldn't get anything. Couldn't get no help from that Ryan. No, 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 no man breakers, no nothing. Jair Alexander wasn't going for any of that. I was like, yeah. Now, if he got a little, if he had like 20 yards or something, even like 50, I would have won because I beat him. I beat Brian by like 40. But still, that was a big help for him to lock down Jair, uh, for Jair to lock down Calvin Ridley. I was like, yo, don't sleep on him. He's he's really like that. And he'll take away your number one, no problem. That's when I gained major respect for Jair Alexander. That's why I have him number three. And he will continue to prove why he's number three because I believe he had like a 90-point-something PFF grade, which is phenomenal, which shows you how good he was in coverage. Well, yeah, I think he will continue to be either top three or even number one sooner or later. That's really when he kind of put the league on notice, when people started to notice him, is when he he limited Calvin Ridley to no catches at all. He just – no production. He was on a – Calvin Ridley was on a roll. He became – he emerged this past season as one of the best wide receivers in the game. Even with Julio Jones opposite his on the other side of him, mm-hmm. and this guy has Justin. I'm, I lost you for a second. I'm still here. Your camera's I, off. I apologize. My battery's about to go, so I wanted to get my charger. Yeah, you're good. Um, anyways, um, that's really when he put the league on notice. How, however. Who I have at my number three is Xavier Howard. Now, you mentioned Xavier Howard a little bit um, when you had him as your number four. Uh, You said a few things about him, uh, and all of that is true. Um, And I'm just here to reiterate it, basically. This Mm -hmm. guy is an absolute baller. Um, I think you and I I mentioned earlier when we were talking about our holdouts – uh, for minicamp, he's kind of a bit of an a-hole when it comes to off-the-field stuff. However, uh, on the field, he's one of the best corners in the game, and continuously like that. He was a 
he was a candidate for defensive player of the year this past year. And he was always their best corner. He's a, uh, he's a very reliable corner. Uh, and that's just going to continue. He's just, he's a lock to be the top, a uh, top three corner this year. I really do believe that with full confidence. Well, if he's continuing this holdout, it's not really a guarantee, is it? I think it is. You think? Uh, because even, I don't think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna sit out. All right, all right. If he doesn't sit out, then yeah, you're right. He might be. He might be a top three. But is Jair Alexander your number one? That is classified. We're gonna. We're. I. I don't want to spoil it. All right. Um. However. We're at uh, number two. Who's your number two? My number two guy is Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, he's number two. I was like, I want him to be number one, but I can't I can't justify it. No. Now he does have a case to why he could be number one, but no. I've I value the other guy more. The reason I got Marlon Humphrey number two is number one, he's phenomenal in coverage, man and zone. Doesn't allow many yards, doesn't give up many yards to begin with, can come is a phenomenal ta- tackler. Phenomenal blitzer can tackle inside the box. What? Keep going. And can play the slot and the outside. When you have a corner that can be elite outside and inside, I tend to value it even more. And so I have him at number two. And yeah, he can be an all pro DB from slot and corner. That's why he's number two for me. So, you know, I find it poetic that we have each other's number sixes as our number twos. My number two corner is num- is Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. He, now, I completely understand why he's fallen off a lot of people's top. Uh, he's dipped a little bit on a lot of people's uh, uh, hierarchies uh, for the, the top corners in the league. I get it. He's coming off an injury. Um, he he wasn't quite healthy this past season. I completely get it, the whole nine yards. However, when Stephon Gilmore came back from his injury, it was business as usual, and he still had a quad injury that he was nursing throughout the rest of that year. He was still locking down receivers when he was still hurt, even though he was playing. And now he's getting that fix and he's coming back. Now, he is up there in age. But I still believe he has another all-pro year left in him where he becomes – he returns to his, all, his um, all-pro self uh, where he becomes uh, – where he, he, he regains his defensive player of the year form. He may not – I'm not – whether he wins it is – we'll see. But I think mm-hmm. he's going to have another caliber year. I think he has one more year in him. I think he, he is le- reaching the twilight of his career but he still has a little gas left in the tank. Just watch. Remember the name. I mean, we all know the name, but Stephon Gilmore, the New England Patriot, he's going to have a great year, is he especially your with the way that defense is. Is, your, is he your candidate for defensive player of the year? What's that? Is he your candidate for defensive player of the year? I think he's a, it's a strong possibility. But I also mentioned I, I mentioned earlier on that Denzel Ward, I think he's going to be better because he's going to be re-energized by an improved Cleveland Browns defense. It's the same thing with this Patriots defense as well. It's much more improved from this past free agency. 
uh, and a little bit in the draft too. They added a tackle in the second, uh, nose tackle in the second round. Um, and this is a this is a defense that's improved. Uh, Stephon Gilmore is coming into this season healthy, and he's all, also on a contract year. I forgot to mention. Uh, actually, well, we mentioned it earlier on uh, in the show, and we were talking about our holdouts that Stephon Gilmore is holding out. He's entering a contract year. He's motivated. He's healthy. And he's going to be re-energized by this defense. Watch out for Stephon Gilmore in 2021. He's my number two corner in the entire NFL going into the 2021 season. Okay. I can respect it. I can see why you haven't had bump and run Gilmore as your number two guy. Right? Bump and run Gilmore. <laughs> All right. I love that Twitter, Twitter handle. I, I love it. Bump and run Gilmore. All right. Now, All right. are we ready? Drum roll. Justin, hit me with your number one corner in all of football. All right. After hours and hours of deliberation and debating where I would put this guy, I have Josh Norman as my number one corner. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What the hell? I'm kidding. I just wanted to see your reaction. Nah, without question to me, the number one guy is Jalen Ramsey. The only guy I feel comfortable with matching physicality with DK Metcalf. The only one I feel fine with not having a safety watch over top of him and just basically freelance on defense. I can basically send my defense to play in the box or or double bracket another defender and be fine with it. Jalen Ramsey can fit in any defense and play phenomenal in it, and I believe he's a big reason why uh, the – LA Rams have been playing better on defense and yeah, I believe he's helping Aaron Donald because if he's getting, if he's in coverage Aaron Rod, I mean, Aaron Donald has a better chance of getting a sack. He'll lock down your number one and he is not afraid of coming up to tackle you like some corners are, but yeah, he's my number one guy. All right. Now I agree with all of the things that you have said about Jalen Ramsey but the one thing that um, I said was good was good about him, but could get him in trouble one day is his mouth. Now, it's he backs it up and he gets into players' heads. But the way he talks, he's gonna get a target on his back. People are gonna start looking at him. They they're gonna expect that. They're gonna expect that he's going to talk, and then they're gonna just want to make a big play on him. They make a big play and they're gonna clown on him even more because he talks and it's going to be even more sour for him because he just, because he's talked all that, all that garbage, all that trash to these wide receivers. Mm. Now they're going out and they're real. They're targeting. They're saying, I want this guy, the guys with an, the wide receivers with an edge to him, the tight ends with an edge to him. They're like, I want him. Mm-hmm. And it's going, it could get him in trouble. I'm thinking, um, He's still one of the be- he's still one of the premier corners in the league, and I I mean I have I've jokingly said that I have him lower because he's a douchebag, and that could have played that could have played a factor, but uh, it's mainly because of that. Um, but I, j- I just think he can get he could get in some trouble at some point. He he really could. But mm-hmm. anyways, my number one cornerback going into the 2021 season is. Drum roll, Jair Alexander. Ooh. So, yeah, 
Justin, you were right. I have him as my number one. Anyways, uh, Jair Alexander, um, ever since he's entered the league with for the Green Bay Packers, he's been money for this team. Um, and they really need that uh, on the defensive side of the ball with the way Aaron Rodgers has played for his whole career. They need, uh, they need a well-rounded team. And Jair Alexander has been that guy. He shuts down corners like it's nobody's business, and he does it without talking, which is something that I like. Now, it's nice to have the swag. It's nice to have the confidence. But when you get to the point where you're talking absolute garbage, the way Marcus Peters does sometimes, the mm-hmm. way the way uh, I'm, forget, I'm blanking on his name, yeah. uh, the way Josh Norman used to do back mm-hmm. when he was relevant, um, the way Jalen Ramsey, as I mentioned before, did. A lot of corners do that because a lot of corners just get arrogant. They're just they have that cockiness to them when they shut down corners. It, it it's just kind of in their nature. But Jair Alexander doesn't need that. He doesn't work with emotion. He doesn't. And when you work with emotion like that, when you re, when you run on it, then that emotion could get the best of you. But when you're doing this, just business as usual, like Jair Alexander does. And he just kind of shuts his mouth. He just lets the results do the talking. Then you're going to make for more more consistent results. And I think Jair Alexander, he was an amazing corner this past season. And uh, he's he's a strong corn. Uh, he's a strong candidate con- to continue it uh, this season, uh, this upcoming season, and beyond. He's an incredible player. Yeah. That's why I had him in my top three. I think he's phenomenal for the Packers. Watching him play, you can see it in his technique and see what he does to number to number one wide receivers. This guy, yeah, I, re- I respect his game a lot. And he's a big part of why the reason uh, the Green Bay Packers defense has gotten better over the years. With his game getting better, that defense has gotten better. Absolutely. That defense has gotten better. They also drafted a new corner. Uh, the Green Bay Packers did, so maybe that'll maybe that'll pan out for them. Uh, it's okay, certainly yeah. it's certainly an upgrade over over Mr. Kevin King over there. Don't talk to burnt me. Burnt piece of toast. Got burnt by Scotty Miller. Scotty. For some dumb reason, they decided let's put let's put Kevin King on. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, it was on that first touchdown pass by Brady in that NFC championship game. It was uh, Mike Evans. Mike Evans. They had him on. They had Kevin King on Mike Evans. Yeah. Instead of Jair Alexander. I don't know where the hell Jair Alexander was. I don't know why the coordinator decided let's put Kevin King on him. This will be really, this will be a good idea. Spoiler (laughs) alert. It wasn't a good idea. (laughs) In their defense, would you rather have Kevin King on Chris Godwin? I don't think that would have fared much better. It would have been better. That, Chris Godwin's argument, he could be a number one. I don't think it would have been much better. It would have been better. I think Vince. I think uh, Mike Evans has a better rapport with uh, with Tom Brady than Chris Godwin does. They do. They both have good good relationships. But I think Chris Godwin, especially during that playoff run, he got a little bit of the case of the drops. Yeah. And Mike Evans, just throughout that season, was incredible for that team. You put Jair Alexander on Mike Evans. You don't put him on 
Chris Godwin, but and, yeah. they paid the price for it. And they did, they did fix it. They did fix it. Alexander got a couple. I think he got a couple picks later, uh, later on in the fourth quarter, I believe. Mm-hmm. Didn't he? Two. Uh, he got two picks, right? My thing is, Kevin King still got burned by Scotty Miller, so I don't think it would have been much better if he got put on Chris Godwin like you asked. It wouldn't have mattered. How do you get burned in cover three? That that makes no sense. But hopefully Kevin King can bounce back and be this, the cornerback that he should be. But or I, maybe he'll just be a number three corner now that they drafted this other kid. In the slot? Maybe. You never know. Yeah. But anyways, this is our t- that's our top ten. What do you think of it, Justin? I think. It, what do you I, think of mine? It's an interesting one. There's n- there's not five cornerbacks better than Marlon Humphrey, but again, it's just a difference in opinion. That's all. I mean, you are a Ravens fan. You said there were five corners better than Stephon Gilmore. So just saying. An injury. But isn't it isn't that interesting how we our number sixes were our were each other's number twos? How yes. we kind of had that so have that differing opinion there. And our number tens and our number fives were identical. Yeah, our number tens and number fives were the the exact same. This was an interesting list for us. But anyways, guys, let us know. Uh, give us your list. Put us in the when I when I advertise this uh, this episode. Put us in the put in the comment section what you think your top ten corners in the league are. Let us know if we're wrong. Tell me I'm an idiot. Tell me Justin's an idiot. Tell me I'm a genius. Tell me Justin is a genius. Um, but without further ado, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with the latest coverage on the NFL and our podcast. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.